0: Advice on growing your integrative practice and grow confidence in being your unique self. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I'm so glad you're here for the journey. Welcome to today's episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. We are shifting gears today, moving away from holistic treatment remedies to more practice building tips in marketing you will love today's guest. Her name is Michelle Hardman, and she calls herself a unicorn in the clinical world. What is that, you ask? (laughs) She has an MBA in strategic management and is a licensed clinical mental health counselor and a private practice owner. She coaches clinicians just like you with a values-based approach to business, ensuring your practices, marketing, and branding efforts are authentic and effective. She helps therapists attract ideal clients and build a thriving practice. She's here today to talk about how to use authentic marketing for a holistic practice. Welcome to the podcast, Michelle. Hey, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. So can you tell my listeners a little bit more about yourself and your work?
1: Yeah, absolutely. My first life, as I like to call it, was in human resources management and leadership. So as you mentioned, I've got an MBA in strategic management. And I'm a weirdo because I love marketing. (laughs) And I still love all things business, even though I'm a private practice owner and clinician now. So Mm -hmm. I fell into the space of helping and coaching clinicians in marketing branding specifically, and how to get their goals accomplished with the Primed Planner and other tools. So it's really been exciting to be able to. use that part of my brain and the clinical part of my brain and do something that still moves our whole community forward, whether it's helping clinicians in their private practice or helping my clients in my anxiety and trauma is my wheelhouse. So usually helping them heal in those areas.
0: That's great. So you have sounds like you're pretty well rounded with what you're doing in your world.
1: I think so. And I say that kind of stammering around a little bit, because I was really surprised by how much my MBA and my previous work life really helped me as a clinician and a private practice owner. In hindsight, like, duh, of course it helped. But I just never,
0: (laughs) (laughs) never put it together
1: before. Yeah, I didn't really anticipate how much I would use it or that it would provide another work line for me. So it's been exciting.
0: So, what drew you to go into clinical mental health? As a teenager, I
1: had anxiety and it was awful. And I had a counselor who helped me so much at that time in my life. And I really think changed the trajectory of my life, honestly. And I just remember thinking if I could do that one day for someone else, that would be such an amazing thing to be able to pay it forward. So it's been something I've wanted to do since I was, I guess, about 15 years old and life takes its detours, right? And I ended up in human resources and going, (laughs) going a different route. But but yeah, I really, the clinical work is near and dear to my heart because I know how much counselors have helped me in my own life.
0: So do you think there's any differences between marketing a traditional private practice or a holistic one?
1: You know, I think there can be some differences. I think some of the approaches can be very similar. But I think the first thing to think about is that a holistic counseling practice may have a different ideal or a different dream client it may not be the same client who's reaching out to a CBT clinician right like it's a different right yeah it's a whole different thing so i think that being keenly aware of who your dream client is and what they're going to look for and language that resonates with them is probably one of the first things to think about when you're marketing a holistic private practice, because I think that's going to sound different than the CBT or the DBT person.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. To reach a different type of population, maybe.
1: Yeah, exactly. So being really intimately aware for yourself of who those people are that you're trying to reach and what kind of language resonates with them and what their pain points are would be really important because those, again, may be different than the ideal client for the CBT therapist.
0: And it depends on your treatment modality too, I guess, when and what ages you want to work with. So really just being specific. What's good for you?
1: Absolutely. Because the more clarity that you can identify around who, you, who your favorite people are to work with, and you're right, Chris, what is the age? Is it adults? Is it teenagers? Is it couples? And as a holistic practitioner, are there are there favorite modalities that you have or that you specialize in, both from the perspective that you love and that you're trained in? Because I think we can sell ourselves short when we might love something, but it's not what we have the most training in. We can still incorporate that as we're becoming more and more expert on it. And sometimes we can shy away from it because I, I think as clinicians, sometimes <laughs> it's, hard for us, it's hard for us to own what we're good at. And I think that's really important because sometimes that's what really shines through with people that are checking out your website or thinking about coming to you. And it's definitely worthwhile to be able to articulate clearly and well what you love treating and who you love treating because you want to naturally filter in people that are a good fit. But at the same time, it's really important that we filter out people that aren't, right? So I think...
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and I think we're afraid to do that sometimes because we're afraid we're going to have a missed opportunity for business or revenue. The problem is, on the flip side, then we get resentful and we don't enjoy these folks when we see them on our calendar, and we might dread that day or that hour. It has a backlash and a ripple effect, both in how we feel and our own wellness and your therapeutic outcome with that client. So it's really not fair to either of us if we take on people that really aren't the ideal fit. And I think that'd probably be even more so true in a holistic practice.
0: Yeah. Just a quick story. I had seen this older retired woman. I don't see a lot of people of retiree age, but Mm -hmm. I just happened to see her. I thought I'll give it a shot, but I'll never forget. when you said weeding out people that aren't your favorite. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how you worded it, but to really weed out those that don't fit with, I guess, your natural inclination of what you want to treat and the yes. kind of client you want. Anyway, she was in my office and we were just talking about ways to relax. And she goes, I hate that breathing thing. I was like, oh what boy. are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I'm not doing any of that breath work. So I was like, okay. And then she looks around my office. She's like, I hate yoga. Oh my gosh. Hey. <laughs> In my mind, I'm like, get out of my office right now. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So <I'm> like-
1: <laughs> that is that is such a great example, though, Chris. I so appreciate you sharing that because that is exactly what I'm talking about. And we've all had those moments, even when we
0: screen really it's well. just such an awkward feeling. Like, yeah. okay, so we are doing talk- therapy only. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And I think, and so I think when we're thinking about holistic practitioners, really honoring that one of the questions I would throw out to you to think about maybe a journal prompt would be, what does it mean to be a holistic practitioner for me? And why did I start down this holistic path in the first place? Because I think that can help get us back to sort of the why, and people are interested in the why. They're not interested in the how, so they don't need a bunch of jargon about what holistic is or means. I mean, some language around that can be helpful, but I think it resonates more with people on an emotional level to talk about why you're passionate about the work and why holistic is the approach and modality of your practice. Because I think that's when we get that real connection and that spark with somebody who might be reading a brochure or reading the copy that's on your website. And that's going to feel a lot more genuine and authentic. So it's almost like taking your holistic approach that you work with clients and sort of peeling it off the clinical work and overlaying it on your marketing. Like what does that look like for you?
0: I like the way you said that to lay it over onto your marketing and, and -hmm. finding that thing that really lights up your soul, lights up your spirit, everything is just, and once you do that, I think that leads to you really being engaged with the marketing piece because you want to get out there and find those clients. And that's why it's so important to have that inner awareness of what lights you up.
1: Yes, absolutely. What lights you up? And like, what are the things in your holistic practice where you feel like you're in the flow, right? Like where where time either kind of stands still because you're enjoying what you're doing so much and hours could pass, or it just goes so fast that you're just in that flow of doing the thing that you love. And I think when we can start looking at and owning, these are the things I love to do. These are the things that are most important to me. Then when we go out to talk about what we offer people, again, whether it's in a, a podcast or a talk or on your marketing in your website copy, it comes it feels and flows from a very genuine, sincere place. And Chris, people feel that when they're looking at your information. It's all
0: energy, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So if we're writing that copy and that marketing information from a place of angst or worry or fear, it absolutely affects how that energy flows and comes across. And of course, that's going to impact if people pick up the phone and schedule with you, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So being aware of that, I think is really important.
0: I know you do coaching for therapists and you integrate a values-based approach. So how Mm -hmm. does this work?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm a certified Daring Way facilitator based on the body of work by Brene Brown. And her work, I think, is so life-changing in so many ways. But one of the ways that I realized is very helpful is that when we're talking about being a private practice owner or private practice clinician, some of the information in her body of work is really applicable. And one of the things that I love to do is the core values work, not just out of her Daring Way program, but just as a sort of infrastructure in which we build our business. Because if you think about it, your core values are a way you hold most important, the what you believe is most important in being or believing as you live your life. And we do not check those things at the door when we go to the office. But I think so many times as clinicians and as private practice owners, we want to have revenue. We need to make a profit where most of us are not doing this for volunteer work, right? <laughs> but we can lose sight of it because the fear and the angst kind of takes over sometimes, especially when we're talking about marketing, because it's not something that they teach us in grad school. Really using your core values as both a compass to point us in the right direction because they're still just as important at work. and. That's how you build, that's what you're going to build your business on. But then also using the core values as a filter to sort of filter out when we do feel stuck or overwhelmed, where I need to prioritize to give you an example of what that looks like in real terms for me, authenticity and gratitude, for example, are my two core values. And I can just tell you right here and now being on video is not my favorite thing.
0: (laughs) Me neither. As you can tell, there's no video. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: right. We like it. We like it but to reach the people in the way that I want to reach my dream clients, whether that's clinically or for coaching, I go to that authenticity value a lot and think, okay, so to live that way, if that is one of the two most important ways of being for me, what are the behaviors that look like authenticity as I build my business, as I reach out to my ideal clients? So for me, doing videos is one way that... I feel I stay aligned, even though, like I said, trust me, I can think of a lot of other things to do rather than (laughs) video. It does line me up to live out that authenticity. And so I think people experience that and feel that versus if I was just um, saying a lot of things in written copy, or maybe just doing a lot of inspirational quotes, it still might feel good to me. But there's a really important part that's being missed. And the more out of alignment we get with those core values, I think the more imposter syndrome sets in, the more anxiety we have, the more we set ourselves up to feel like we're being schmoozy and salesy versus really coming from that genuine place. And again, like you said, it's all energy. And especially for a holistic practice, I think your dream clients are going to be sensitive to that energy.
0: So that authentically being you is most important. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And authentically being you and and understanding and trusting that authentically being you is a really great thing. And that means by definition, you're not going to treat every single person that calls you or
0: reaches out. And that's really hard if you're just starting out. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's like it's r-
0: painful almost.
1: <laughs> it is. It absolutely can be painful. And that's where I love the idea as a holistic practitioner, peeling off that clinical sort of piece and overlaying it on building your business. How can you sort of metaphorically do it in a holistic way, just like you would tell your clients, how can you talk to yourself in that same fashion, so that you don't feel like you have to take every client that calls if you're just starting out that we understand the value of holistically taking care of ourselves and our business means setting ourselves up to be our best well self. And that Probably means parentheses, it absolutely means (laughs) not taking every person that calls.
0: And I think that comes from a fear based place. Like if you Mm -hmm. turn somebody away, that if you, especially if you need, let's face it, to make money to pay your rent or to pay for all the other things of private practice. But I could see how fear could get in the way that, oh, what if I don't get more clients? And and Mm -hmm. then you're spiraling from there, right? Yes. Yes, it absolutely
1: can be the case. And honestly, it will happen to all of us more than once. Probably we get in those sort of scarcity mindset places. Sometimes we slide into it slowly. Sometimes we dive in because like you said, we might be really scared, especially when we first start out. I think one of the things that you can do and one of the things I would encourage all of your listeners to do is be very intentional and mindful about networking and building up your referral sources from a networking perspective. Because when you're really doing this authentic marketing, to me, it's really based and, and really steeped in relationship. And so within your community, who... Or where are the places that your dream client might go to first when an issue first presents? Is there a nutritionist that they're working with? Is there a Reiki person that might be able to send you referrals? Think about where your dream clients go first when an issue first arises. Or are they people that would reach out to a holistic private practice right off the bat? That's something I think each person can delve into for themselves. And wherever those dream clients go first make yourself a list of people to reach out to and connect with to start to build a relationship.
0: I love that, who they reach out to first. And that really makes you think. And I think about any kind of holistic events that might be in your community or online with COVID, I know. Any kind of other holistic practitioners, they don't have to be licensed therapists either. Absolutely. It could be just somebody who is a healer and has a bunch of different ways that they heal holistically.
1: Yes. And in fact, I would encourage people to not just prioritize other therapists. I would in- absolutely encourage you to think outside of the box, be creative, holistic physicians, massage, nutritionists, homeopath areas or professionals that you might be able to connect with, because sometimes those are where you can really build your practice. For me specifically, treating anxiety and lots of trauma. My people, my dream people go to their primary care provider first, usually, because they're having stomach issues or they're having headaches, they can't sleep, they can't eat, or they're overeating or all those ways that anxiety can present. And through developing relationships with three or four primary care practices and really getting to know their nurse practitioners and those physicians, that's how I filled my practice from the time I opened it as a provisionally licensed clinician to now. So it's seven years later, I guess, and it's it's absolutely still working because I stay full. And I I don't have to spend a bunch of money on Google ads and Facebook ads and all of that because these people know me. And so to reach out to people in your community, uh, practitioners of all kinds that also share the holistic approach, I think you'd be doing yourself a a big favor to start to cultivate those relationships.
0: I know. When I started out, I went to some business organizations uh-huh. and this wasn't obviously just therapists so all kinds of businesses in the area would have um, some meetings and support some net- this was when we did in-person networking but do you know that I went to I think a couple of workshops they had like an hour workshop here and there mm-hmm. and I learned so much that I wouldn't have learned otherwise mm-hmm. if I had just gone to therapist driven things which is fine is great but I think expanding your awareness of how other people might target marketing and what can I learn from this person, and just yes. ex- expanding your net where you reach out to,
1: absolutely, so absolutely, I agree with you a hundred percent. The wider you can cast that net, the more exposure you can get, just in terms of meeting people, but the, also the more exposure you get in hearing different options and thinking about what's going to work for you. Just like a client would come in, you might have a half a dozen or more holistic opportunities to help treat that person, different modalities, but not all of those are going to be used on every client. You select which one makes sense for each person. And so your business deserves the same kind of intentionality and focus for what's going to work for you.
0: What common mistakes do you see therapists making in marketing their practices? Well, the
1: number one thing I see or hear when I'm doing coaching especially is, "Oh, I can't sell myself. I hate marketing. I don't like talking about myself. It's smoozy. I hate it. And um, I get it. (laughs) But But the thing that I always love to point out first is that sales does not equal marketing. Marketing does not equal sales. Sales is about me as the business owner. Sales is about, I need this many new clients. I need to hit this revenue target. These are my goals. Sales is about me. That's why when we think about trying to talk to people from that perspective, it feels so gross because it's not about them, right? It's about me. And I think that's what contributes in a very subtle and maybe almost subliminal way. That's why because sales is about my goals. Marketing, on the other hand, is about your client's pain points. So marketing is really being able to understand your dreamy clients pain points and being able to articulate that you understand it and that you can help them and that you can bring them relief by XYZ because XYZ, right? Marketing is about talking to them about their pain points and how you can help them. And that's just a very different thing. And it's really cool to see the aha moment go when, Oh, I don't have to You mean the less I worry about my income and how many clients I need, and the more I focus on what their pain points are, the better my
0: marketing is? I'm like,
1: yes.
0: (laughs) I love how you simplify that. That just makes so much sense.
1: Well, and it's so easy to lose sight of, though. Like you said, if we're worried about making money and we're anxious and uh, girl, of course, we all get that (laughs) way sometimes. (laughs) Right. But the everybody does. Absolutely. And we will over and over again. But the key is really to be mindful and aware of that so we can catch it. And again, to stop that angsty energy going into the words and the messages that we're creating. But instead, staying aligned with that, why you started this holistic practice in the first place and being able to speak from there and your core values, keeping in mind what your dream client's pain points are and how you can address them and bring them relief. That's where the marketing magic happens, in my opinion.
0: I know when I started out, I didn't do enough networking with other therapists Mm -hmm. in the area. And they always say to, I learned this years ago, to network with other therapists who have the same population as you, which sounds Mm -hmm. counterintuitive, but actually (laughs) help each other out. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Since I've done that, I mean, it's been great because we refer to each other or one of us is full, so we refer to them. Just keeping that in mind and having those therapist that their big therapist network for yourself to build I think is so important because I didn't do that at first and I did it was like random like throw the spaghetti at the wall see what sticks but <laughs> right 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 <laughs> I, I didn't know what I was doing give myself credit I know sure. but I wish I would have because once I did that and like you said the relationship building I think things could have shifted quicker for me in my building mm-hmm
1: yeah, absolutely. And we all learn it eventually somehow. And so hopefully we can save some people some steps here. But I think reframing and understanding the difference between sales and marketing and where the focus is and where it's coming from is one big hurdle. But exactly what you said to Chris, being able to create those relationships with therapists, even therapists that specialize in the same area as you, which absolutely, like you said, is counterintuitive, I think can be so helpful because you really start to create strong bonds with these other therapists, you refer to each other, you're going to be full, you, you fold each other into different peer groups, it really has a beautiful ripple effect. But to do that, there has to be some courage, because let's face it, we can all slip into that scarcity mentality and think, Oh, well, I don't want them to take my business. And we can start thinking that there's not enough when really it's there's plenty to go around.
0: So, How do you think holistic therapists could attract their ideal clients? Do you have any creative ways they could do that? I think one of the most important things is, and
1: this again is counterintuitive, is slow down to figure it out. Because most of the time we want to hit the gas pedal and go faster and faster because usually there's profit and money that we want to make involved. So it's counterintuitive to think about putting the brakes on. But if we can sl- if we can give ourselves permission to slow down and spend some time on getting really specific on who our dream clients are, then I think you're setting yourself up to be able to reach them. Because a lot of times, we just use this broad umbrella of, oh, I want to do anxiety and trauma, or I want to do a holistic approach. And we don't delve into enough of, okay, well, who do I love treating? Who am I excited about treating? What modalities are my favorite? And spending some time on matching those two things up so we can create a message that really resonates deeply with our dream client. I think one of the things holistic practitioners can do is slow down and spend some time. Take 30 minutes after you listen to this podcast or promise yourself 30 minutes this week You'll spend some time to really make a detailed list of who they are, what are their ages, where do they live, where do they hang out online, what are they looking for, what's their biggest pain point, what are they afraid of, what are the hurdles in getting them to come to holistic practice and really get to know them so you can then start to create a message that you can reach them.
0: I think that's a great idea to be able to write things down and really take the time because I think you can't rush through this process in the beginning. You really got to be thoughtful.
1: Yeah. It's like I was just telling somebody the other day, I was like, if you press the gas pedal and think you're going to be stronger or you press the gas pedal harder and think you're going to build momentum, pressing the gas pedal only makes us go faster. And we all know going faster isn't always the best thing, right? (laughs) Um, It can get you in a wreck or you could be going 100 miles an hour in a hamster wheel, right? Like we want to be really intentional about strength and momentum. So we're going in a specific direction in a strong way set up for success, not just going fast. And I think that's something I see happen a lot, especially when folks are new in their own private practice. And I get it. I get it. You want to go fast as possible because again, we want to make money and we're excited about what we're doing, which is what makes it so counterintuitive. Because if we spend some time on the front end ironing out those details for ourselves and being really specific, then we've created a really strong filter to filter out the poor matches. And we've created a really strong magnet to attract the right ones. And that's going to pay off in dividends.
0: I know you mentioned you have a marketing e-course about Mm -hmm. getting out of your own way, which I love that name. (laughs) Um, So can you share more about that? Yeah, it's Marketing Mojo, How to Get Out of Your Own
1: Way. And it's an e-course so folks can do it on their own time in their pajamas, because personally, that's my favorite. And yeah, so in that, there's three modules where through video lessons, there's three separate workbooks. So there's over 50 pages of workbook area to really hammer out some of these things. And one of the things that I find so valuable is coming away from a course like that is that you have some action steps and an action plan. So in that course, I really help you go through this detailed process of who are my dream clients and how do I reach them? And how do... What are my skills and gifts and talents that match up to what their needs are? And to start crafting a message that helps you reach them. And so through these three modules, we talk about awareness of yourself and all of those details and what's in your way and the hurdles, things about mindset and some belief about money and all those things that we've all continued to work on. In the second module, we talk about a deep dive of who your dream client is and really painting the picture of who that is. And then in the third module, we try to put that all together and come up with an action plan and some steps you can take as soon as you're done with the course. So it's been the reason that was the first e course I created was because that was the thing that I saw the most in terms of when I was coaching with clients who were private practice owners.
0: That sounds amazing. Yeah, thanks.
1: I've gotten good feedback on it so far and I'm really excited about it. I'd be happy if folks want to check it out. And in fact, for your listeners, they can get 15% off of that course with the code. Oh, That's great. Yeah, absolutely. So HCP15. You can get 15% off if you use that promo code now for the next two months. I'd be happy to put that out there. And if you've got questions, you can certainly always give me a shout. You can reach me through the website or send me an email. I'm easy to reach.
0: And do you have a takeaway, a free takeaway you could share today to help listeners who may be just starting their holistic journey?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I will give you a free worksheet to start the process of who are my dream clients, because I do really believe wholeheartedly that is an important imperative first step. I'll get that worksheet to you. It's just a one page to get the wheels turning on who that is. And I'll give that to you, Chris, that you can post, I don't know, maybe with show notes or something.
0: Yeah, we can put it in the show notes, definitely. And that'll be on the the website as well. Perfect.
1: Yeah, happy to do it, because I do really believe that if we can take some time on the front end that it really pays for itself quick, more quickly, your return on investment is quicker and higher. And just like you would in a holistic practice, pick the best modality for the person who's in front of you. I want you to do that same thing as it relates to your marketing for your business.
0: So have I missed anything else, Michelle, you wanted to share? I can't think of anything. Anything else you want me to throw in there? I think we've had some great strategies today, some good takeaways and call to action. I think that's important. Because like you said, with the e-course, you don't want to just read all this. Oh, this is nice. I learned something. You want to apply it and take action.
1: Yes. It pisses me off when I buy something thinking I'm going to get some help to do something. And it's just a bunch of helpful, but like theoretical 30,000 foot level stuff. It makes me so angry.
0: So I didn't want to do that. <laughs> want something to use. Yes. That's right. Yeah. I know I just took a online training and a supervision training and I couldn't believe within 15 minutes of all the, the hands-on easy to use tools this woman shared. I was like, now this is a kind of course I want to take. <laughs> nice. I love it. That's the yeah, way to do so it. For sure. And what's <laughs> the best way for listeners to find you and learn more about you?
1: They can visit me at com. That's my website. You can book a free 20-minute chat with me if you've got questions you want to bounce around or ideas. I'm always happy to connect because, again, I do believe so much in building community. And as clinicians, we kind of got to stick together. We so, need that. Yeah. Yes. So you can email me through the website. You can book a 20-minute chat. Or you can always reach me at the email grow at com as well.
0: Excellent. Well, thanks for coming on, Michelle. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. I always learn something from you too.
1: (laughs) It's always (laughs) always fun. Yes, thanks.
0: (laughs) And thank you to my listeners for tuning in today. So glad we could help you on your healer journey. And remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. This is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Until next time, take care. If you're loving the show, will you rate, review? and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform? We just started this, and that helps other people find this show. Also, if you're feeling uncertain about your modalities and you want to build your confidence to be your unique self, I want you to join my free email course, Becoming a Holistic Counselor, over at holisticcounselingpodcast.com. In my Becoming a Holistic Counselor course, you'll get tips for adding integrative care into your practice, what training you need and don't, and the know-how to attract your ideal holistic clients. If this sounds like the direction you are headed, sign up at holisticcounselingpodcast.com. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, or any other professional information. If you want a professional, you should find one.